We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Thursday, February 22nd. I'm Doc. He's Rick. Uh, we're going to start off talking about LeBron right after this. Welcome to the second half or the last third of the NBA season. It is Rick Kamla, it is Hall of Famer Steve Alexander, aka Dr. A. I'm the fantasy freak and we're the OGs, and we've been doing this a long time, and we love hanging out with you all. So get your comments in here, and uh, we got a lot to chop up here today, and we're here to help you with your second-half decision-making. Uh, we have 12 games tonight. Doc, before we go into LeBron and, and all this stuff, man, how bad did you miss basketball over the last three nights? And here's the thing, Doc. I like the Rising Stars Challenge. I do. I like the format. I think the All-Star Game needs to take the Rising Stars format because the 48-minute game isn't working. They, it's broken like the Pro Bowl. They need to fix it. All-Star Saturday night sucked. The All-Star game sucked even more. So <laughs> it'd be one thing if we had all these nights without our beloved fantasy and all these games to watch and all the box scores to look at. But All-Star Saturday night wasn't any good and All-Star Sunday night wasn't any good, man. I am starving for good basketball, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a long break. I mean, I feel like the... Back in the day, the All-Star break was like four days. You know, they'd stop on Friday. They'd start again on Tuesday. Now it's over a week. And it's like, and, and you've got, you know, Yahoo and ESPN combine those, those those two weeks into one long, super long one week. And uh, it's, just a, it's just a tough time to try to, because now's the time we're really making a push um, for the playoffs and, figuring out what you're going to do with the rest of your seven or eight weeks that are left um, to get in line of, of where your team needs to be to, to win a championship. And you have all this momentum going and then poof, it's just all gone. And now you, you kind of got to start over again. Plus it's, it's just that time of year where there's nothing else going on unless you want to watch Xavier versus Butler uh, seven times in a row you know, college basketball, but there's just nothing going on. So uh, it it's a long break. And, uh, you know, I kind of embraced it. I was like, I knew it was coming. Like, I'm not even going to look at basketball stuff for the next four days and, and just step away and do whatever. But 
I'm glad it's back, man. Tonight and tomorrow. It's weird, though. What a weird way to come back with, like, 12 games tonight, 11 tomorrow, I think. And, like, everybody's playing back-to-backs. Well, not everybody. Uh, there's a ton of back-to-backs. There's a lot of uh, teams that are going to play three games in four nights. And, like, CBS, like Doc was talking about, CBS does a short week leading up to the All-Star break and then a short week coming out of the All-Star break. And so in 30 deep, this is how it goes. So you, this is a four-game week. Uh, and and so there's a lot of teams that have three games in this four-day period, Thursday through Sunday, and then there's teams that have two. That is going to be crucial in those types of scenarios. Uh, Fantrax is another league. Uh, not, not that Doc would know. He's in the Cam Dynasty here. Uh, but not... But the uh, but Fantrax does the two week extended uh, game thing. What which do you prefer? By the way, I'm I'm more with the CBS model of suck it up, man. It's a short week. Let's go. Uh, you know, go for it. Get in the in the CBS thirty deep is a weekly scenario, not a daily scenario. I wish it was daily, but you know, it's old school. It is what it is. But uh, I prefer more the two short weeks as opposed to the one super long week. How about you? Well, you know, the schedule grids that are all built and made up, they all are based on 25 weeks. And that means week 17 and 18 are, are the two short weeks. I prefer them to be broken up. Uh, there, There's two teams that only play one time this week. Uh, and then there's other teams to play three times this week. So it's, it's a big deal. Uh, a lot can happen this week. And also... Why we're talking about schedule, I, I prefer this to two short weeks, uh, for the record. But uh, we are dinosaurs, dude. Playing in that CBS league, it's weekly. Uh, you set your lineup on Sunday, you can't touch it again. It's it's CBS, uh, which is which is as old school as it gets. I still love CBS though, I think that's where we always did League Freak back in the day. It was, um, yeah. but uh, this coming week, I think it's the Brooklyn Nets play four times starting Monday, and then they have a five-game week after that. That's a big deal for my guy, Cam Thomas, in 30 deep. Ooh, you have Cam Thomas in 30 deep. I actually don't like to hear that. Uh, we'll get to Cam Thomas in a moment. So, all right, uh, we start the second half here, guys, with a buzzkill. LeBron James isn't going to play tonight against Golden State. It's the game of the night. Maybe not anymore, uh, but but I'm still psyched for this game. It's Lakers. Um, it's Warriors. And 12 games tonight, the league gets back to work. And, uh, and dudes will be shaking off the island vibe and all of that stuff. But LeBron is out tonight with an ankle. Uh, Dave McMiniman reported that LeBron, and this was days ago, uh, uh, overall star weekend. He reported that LeBron says the treatment that he will undergo on his left ankle this week will possibly keep him out of the lineup for that Lakers Warriors game on Thursday. Boom. We're here. That actually happened. Now I checked with the Lakers source that I have doc, and he warned me about this DNP that's happening here tonight. And when I expressed concern as a manager of LeBron in the Cam Dynasty at 39 in, age, in, in his 21st year, this source told me I don't anticipate much missed time. So is this just a back-to-back -back thing? Is this just a three-game in four-night thing, which the Lakers are presented with right now coming out of the break? Uh, and so I believe I, I, that's where I, my head is at, Doc, that uh, the, the Lakers play at home against San Antonio on Friday. He won't be playing tonight. You know, does he get back to work tomorrow in the Wemby game at home? That's kind of where my brain is with this. Uh, I did see LeBron in the All-Star game go up for a dunk and come down kind of weird. Uh, it didn't change his gait after the dunk, but it looked weird. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything. And uh, 
you know, also, you know, why did LeBron play in the All-Star game if uh, he's got a health issue here? That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. But, Doc, I'm going to remain optimistic here that this is a maintenance plan type of thing and not a legit setback type of injury. What kind of red flag is this for you, if any at all? Not really a red flag. I mean, LeBron's always questionable. He's always a game-time decision, and he's always iffy for the next one. Uh, him and AD both. I mean, you know, McTen was talking about this days ago. Oh, like we we knew even before he played in the All Star game, he was gonna, he was maybe not gonna play in this game on Thursday. Like, it, it's a planned day of rest. I think that they probably had on the calendar for a little bit. Um, I'm not really worried about it. I, I think it's the same with LeBron. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't. Like, okay, if that's the plan, and okay, we've got three games in four nights, LeBron ain't playing all three of these games, so he's going to play in two of them. Why wouldn't tonight be the game that he plays? He's coming off the all-star break. You've had all this time off your feet, and then you rest at home tomorrow against the Spurs, who you should be able to absolutely obliterate with Davis and Reeves and Rui and Dinwiddie and Russell without Braun, right? And then Sunday, I don't know who they play on Sunday, but it's somebody, right? And, uh, I don't understand why you wouldn't go that route and give yourself a better chance to win all three of these games as opposed to now. I like Golden State a lot tonight. I mean, they're rolling. They're at home. They're feeling fresh and frisky now, and the Lakers are going to be headless without Braun. Um, that that kind of doesn't make sense to me. But, Doc, uh, the people need to know, and maybe only in streamer fashion here tonight with LeBron out, and we'll see how long this, this goes, but Rui Hachimura is a guy that people should be looking at to stream tonight. Last three games, um, he's gone 21 points, 15 points, and 36 points. That was the last game um, of the first half without LeBron James. In these three games, he's got eight threes, two blocks. He's shooting 69, 70, 68. I'm not making that up, and he's not catching and dunking. Those are literally his numbers over these three games. He's been crazy efficient this year, 51 from the field, 40 from three. In 13 starts this year, Doc, He's averaging 14 points a game and shooting 60% from the field. Rui Hotch is having a quietly fantastic season, man. And I think he's a really good streamer tonight. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if he's a streamer at this point. I mean, that last three games, he's got to be on a pretty short list of, you know, 10 or 15 guys that might be available in your league that you have to think about picking up as well. So uh, I think he is a I think he is a lock to put up a solid stat line tonight because there's other guys on the Lakers who are also um, not guaranteed to play tonight. Uh, I think Rui's going to have a good game against Golden State. And um, to, to your point, I don't know why LeBron is not playing in this game either. Uh, unless they did something. That, I mean, did they do, did they do something to his ankle where they knew he was going to need a couple of days? Um, to rest it, did they do a, not a procedure, not a not a surgery, but did they do some sort of therapeutic um, thing to his ankle where they knew it was going to knock him out for a couple of days? I don't know, but it's weird. But I think uh, Achimura is a great call tonight. He should be in a, a ton of FanDuel lineups. Um, you lost me with whatever that clinical term you just hit us with was. Uh, I was like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm out in the weeds right now. Um, oh, about uh, some therapy that, uh, you know, took a, I, I have no idea, my friend. Uh, but I do know this. DeMontis Sabonis is doubtful tonight with an illness for the Sacramento Kings. Um, are you feeling Trey Lyles? I see him 
uh, rising on the most added list. Uh, in, in a, I'm in a bunch of Yahoo leagues. I see Trey Lyles being scooped up off waivers. Are you one of those people? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think anytime that uh, Sabonis is out, Trey Lyles is a decent play, especially in DFS. And even when Sabonis is in there, Lyles can get loose and put up some decent numbers. So I think um, Lyles is on the radar even when Sabonis is healthy. If Sabonis is out, then I think uh, Lyles moves into must-play territory. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He's streaky. Just know that, people. He's very, very streaky. He had two games recently where he went back-to-back, averaged 17 points and four threes. Um, And then, you know, that next game after that, he played uh, more minutes than those previous two games and had one point on 0 of 2. He's a weird player, okay? But I I would look way more into Rui than I would look into Trey Lyles. But if you're in a super deep league, uh, you know, no Domas is going to mean at least half the game for Trey Lyles, and maybe he catches a heater. Uh, They have San Antonio tonight, don't they, Doc? Uh, I don't have that in, in front of me right now. I believe they have San Antonio tonight at home. Um, so that obviously would be a juicy matchup for Trey Lyles. You mentioned Cam Thomas earlier, Doc. And when Jacques Vaughn got let go uh, Monday, right? Right back to business with the NBA after the All-Star break. Boom. Monday it comes out from Warjanowski that the Nets dismissed Jacques Vaughn as their head coach. I don't know about you, Doc, but my first thought was Cam Thomas, <laughs> baby. Because think about this. Last year, Cam Thomas started four Games. That's it. Four. Okay. In those four games, he averaged 39 points in 39 minutes. I'm not making this up. He had three straight 40 point games at one point and then had another start. I think he was three for 16 in that game. And then Jock Baum was like, that's it. I've seen enough and sent him back to the bench. And he was playing 15 minutes a game. It was a ridiculously bad coaching move by Jock Baum, who apparently pissed off Mikel Bridges and Ben Simmons. And nobody liked his offense. And and so, bye. Uh, Kevin Ollie now has taken over as the interim guy. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of Mike Budenholzer talk. I brought up Mark Jackson's name yesterday on uh, NBA radio, him being a Brooklyn guy, New York City point guard, I think, and a former Nets announcer, by the way. I think that would marry pretty well. But, uh, but Doc, talk to me, man. Um, I'm pretty geeked about Cam Thomas right now. And the reports are that he had a big hug with Kevin Ollie after their first practice the other day. So the love fest is on. Is it Cam Thomas season, Doc? It is. It's been Cam Thomas season for most of the season. Uh, 
Unfortunately, that just means a lot of points, a lot of inconsistency, and a lot of empty stat lines. But um, for where I got him in that 30-team league, he's a key component to what I'm trying to do. I'm second in the power rankings. Um, you know, the the system loves my team. It's got Wimby on it. It's got Cam. It's got Austin Reeves. We got De'Aaron Fox. We got Kobe White. Like, we're looking to make a deep 30 run this year. Uh, and, yeah, the first thing I thought of and the first thing that uh, Rosenworcel and I talked about on Tuesday on this very same podcast was Cam Thomas should be a much better player with Kevin Ali as his coach. I think he's fired up to have Ali as his coach. And I, I think it's a, a good thing for the whole Nets organization, really. I think they're going to play with, with a lot more, uh, a lot less stress and a lot more fun uh, to finish out the season. And I think it's going to be good times in, in uh, Brooklyn. Like I said, four games next week, five games the week after that when half the league only plays three. Kevin Ollie threw Joff Bond under the bus uh, when talking to reporters when he was introduced as their head coach. And he said, we've drawn five charges all year. I mean, it just doesn't even make sense. Uh, Jalen Williams, the big man for OKC, has had five drawn charges in the last probably three or four games. Okay, uh, Brandon Pajemski has five drawn charges every single practice. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that that's that's unbelievable. I mean, five drawn charges. And we're two thirds of the way through the season. That means these dudes weren't even trying out there. They didn't even care. All right, Doc. Uh, it is the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast with Rick Kamla and Steve Alexander, aka Doctor A. He is uh, either in or going to be in the FSWA Hall of Fame. Um, so, Doc, let's uh, let's rank these hot pickups, man. Um, you got a bunch of names on here. Take us into this, man. I mean, I guess we can add Rui Hachimura and uh, Trey Lyles to this list if we want to. But so, so guys that I've seen out there floating around on and off of waiver wires, random pickups lately over the break and whatnot. Like Brandon Pajemski is still available in fantasy leagues, which kind of blows my mind. Like I don't understand um, – how that's possible. And Rick, if you see the notes I wrote here, here, I wrote the wrong guy. I was talking about Chris Paul, not Steph Curry. So Chris Paul is coming back, right? Maybe not this game, but soon. What is that going to do to Pajemski? Does that, does that hurt him? Does that scare you at all? Kinda. And, and Chris Paul's return is right around the corner. And I'm glad you brought this up. Um, I think Clay Thompson is, uh, is in trouble here with, with Chris Paul coming back. Moses Moody, you can forget about it. Like, he ain't even going to play. He's not even going to be a thought in Kerr's mind right now because Kaminga's going to play. Curry's going to play. Draymond's going to play his minutes. He's playing very, very well. Wiggins is going to have to play his 28 to 30. Uh, and so the optionality is Pajemski. It's Paul. It's Clay. Um, it's Sarich. It's guys like that. And you know, Doc, depending on the matchup here, I'm really curious to see who Kerr closes with. You know what I mean? Um, I'm usually more of a starting lineup guy, but with this, um, it's always been about the closing lineup for Golden State going back to their death lineup. Uh, I, I look at, look, Pajemski is Kerr's hand-picked homie. First round pick, first round of the post-Bob Myers era. 
And he's just bringing a lot to the wood, taking the charges, making threes. He's a great rebounding guard. He's basically Dante DiVincenzo with floppy. What's what's your boy's name? Is it Jack Harlow? Is that the kid's name with the Jack Harlow hair? He's basically Dante with that fluffy haircut, okay? Kerr loves him. And Clay may be out the door. There's already these reports about Orlando and the Lakers and the Heat and the Clippers are interested in him in free agency. Um you know, Lakeup's talking about getting out of the second apron. That probably means bye-bye, Clay. I can't pay you. I'm done with this. Um, So it's all kind of heading in that way. And then you've got Pajemski, the love affair. He's in the starting lineup. I I look at this more as Clay Thompson. I, I Doc, I think that what when he's got a heater, he's going to be out there. And when he's in a two for 10, he ain't going to play. And, and I think Pajemski is pretty locked in for 26 to 28 minutes, Doc. So I'm looking at this. The Paul return is more of a, a clay buzz kill than a poge buzz kill. Well, I don't think they're going to bring Paul back and immediately throw him out there for 28 to 30 a night either. Uh, I don't think he's going to play that much. I think Pajemski has, between his practice ethic, work ethic, how he's been in games, his Tommy points, the hustle, uh, the, the fact his teammates probably love playing with him. I don't think he's going to take a hit. I, I'm not too worried about it. I still think he's a guy that fantasy managers should have. Like he should not be on waivers in any league right now. So I'm not, I'm not oh. too scared about Paul coming back and, and hurting. Dude, so I, I saw you put Pajemski in here and I'm like, okay. Like I always rock with, with your stuff doc, but I'm like, like, why are we talking about Poge as a pickup? Like, how is he not 97% rostered, right? Like, that's where it took my mind. And, I mean, I'm on I'm on Yahoo right now. He's 54% rostered. Doc, I am <laughs> blown away by that. Literally shocked by that. It would be one thing if, like, mid-basketball season, all of a sudden football season kicked in, right? This syndrome um, – pardon me for a second. This syndrome hits fantasy baseball. It's one of your boy Cam's – Secret sauces. I give a shit about fantasy baseball from game one to game 162. A lot of people, when football season kicks in in July, they stop managing their teams. Okay. And my teams are good. Like, I'm, I'm not just like benefiting from the laziness of others here. Okay. You're talking to a goat. But, but Doc, like, right, just staying in the fight, making pickups, doing your lineup, just the normal stuff that we do, mowing your freaking backyard, right? All you have to do, and you have a huge advantage in fantasy baseball down the stretch because football season kicks in. We don't have that right now. So I literally don't understand 46% of the fantasy populace on Yahoo platforms um, leaving Brandon Pajemski on waivers. That makes no sense to me at all. Can I blow your mind even more? Yes. 24.9% in ESPN. He's available in over 75% oh my of God. ESPN leagues. Now, let me ask you a question. Do, uh, Yahoo Standard Leagues, which uh, I, I don't play as much anymore. It's just a lot of minutiae for me. Uh, but they're 12-team leagues, okay? Um, and I do play in uh, Yahoo Public Baseball Leagues, and I've already been doing some baseball drafts and stuff, and they are 12-team leagues as well. Um, I believe football teams used to be 10, and they might have recently upped it to 12. Um, but 10 league, 10 team leagues suck to me. They're too easy. Okay. So does ESPN have a standard um 10 team league? Because if they do, then that would help to explain why Pajemski is on waivers 75% of the time. Well, I think that that the average 
ESPN league is eight teams. And I, I don't know why that is. Oh, that's so stupid. ESPN. I mean, I don't think they have it wow. set up that way. I think that's what their users, that's what their users set so up. So that's mean, not their default is an eight-team league? You're no, just, no, no, no. Okay, okay. No, and, and Yahoo's is not either. I think the default for both is 12. I think Yahoo is mostly made up of 10-team leagues and some 12-team leagues. And I feel like ESPN has a majority eight, also 10, also 12. So I, but I don't think they're pushing people in those directions. It's just sort of how those websites numbers shake up and and maybe, maybe it's harder to find. um, Maybe it's harder to find 12 people that want to play basketball as opposed to finding 12 people that want to play football. But, you know, where I live, we can't find enough people to really put together a great baseball league in my, in a, you know, the town I live in. Uh, so we we struggle more there than we do other places. But, you know, I, I'm with you, dude. I, I think you and me and most of the people that are listening to us, I, I'm guessing most of the serious fantasy basketball people play in 12-team te- leagues. And, and like you, they're like, why is Doc telling me to pick up Pajemski? There's no way he's available in my savvy league. But, I mean, the numbers don't lie. 25% in ESPN, 50% Yahoo!, that means he's available in a hell of a lot of leagues and you just can't ignore people in those leagues. No, this is a, this is a very valuable conversation. I mean, I, I, like I said, if, if we're having a mind blowing experience, okay, it's definitely a valid conversation. Uh, wow, man. Wow. If, if Pete, like for, for the savvy that you just referenced, by the way, it's the Rotowire fantasy basketball podcast, Rick Hamla, Steve Alexander, we're the OGs. If you um like if you're a savvy like doctor of this or PhD of this like we are like a lot of our audience members here are like I mean if you're on with us you're a badass okay you're not some fly by night casual like you are seeking out fantasy knowledge from goats okay we love you guys out there um you are the next level fantasy players and uh and so you want a 14 team league you want a 16 team league you want a 20 team league heck you want a 30-team league because your knowledge is that deep and that vast of this beautiful thing called fantasy basketball. So in a 12-team league, it levels the playing field. And the smaller you go, the more level that playing field goes. Doc, right? In a 10-team league, you and I don't have a huge advantage over the rest of the pack in a bunch of casuals and a bunch of bronze-rated and silver-rated people on Yahoo, right? We don't have a huge advantage over them. It's a 10-team league. It's an all-star team. And if it's eight, it's even worse. So 12 is like a happy medium, I think. But the but the stud fantasy players should want 14 and 16 and 20 and 30 because that's where you weed out the guys that really know from the guys that are frauds. Boom, that's when you attack and you prey on the weak and you win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the bigger the, the bigger the the league, the better players should rise to the top. I mean, that's just the way the way it is. And I mean, it's the same in sports, too. They're talking about, you know, expanding, adding NBA teams eventually. Um, and people are like, man, that's going to further mess up the, the pool of players we have. But it, it also means the cream rises to the top. So, um, yeah. So, for Zemski, I mean, it's it's literally a no-brainer. Everybody should be he should not be on waivers in any league. I don't care if it's eight teams. I don't care if it's 10. Uh, Gigi Jackson, 
we're still waiting for the Jaron Jackson Jr. shutdown, right? Like it's coming. We're gonna we may do something before we're done. We may predict predict a date that we last see Jaron Jackson Jr. happen. But Gigi Jackson, I'm scared to even pull up his roster ship numbers because it's probably like seven percent and eighteen percent or something like that. Uh Trey Mann has been all the rage since he came back for Charlotte. Gigi's at 41 on Yahoo. Gigi's up to 41 on Yahoo. All right, so he's probably like 17 on ESPN. Uh, Trey Mann has been great in Charlotte for three games, but now there's there's uh, rumors and there's inklings that LaMelo Ball is practicing again. He's getting ready to come back. Uh, what's that do to you as far as the Trey Mann needle goes? So uh, I'm a little worried about it because I don't know how Steve Clifford is going to go here. But um, when uh, I, I redid my depth charts after the trade deadline, and I put Trey Mann in the Terry Rozier spot as the sidecar guard to LaMelo Ball. So on my depth chart, I have LaMelo Ball in his uh, customary point guard spot, Mann, sidecarring him with Brandon Miller, with Miles Bridges, and with Mark Williams, who obviously is hurt, but when healthy, he's the starter, and Nick Richards is the backup. And then your bench is Grant Williams, Seth Curry, um, Cody Martin, and uh, and Nick Smith, who's completely fallen off since Trey Mann. Um, I mean, just some playing time. They're just not even playing Nick Smith anymore. And he, Nick Smith's been very good from the three-point line this year. Um, Steve Clifford's lack of deployment of him has been mystifying for me, especially in that period where a Lamella was out and you had 13 guys out and he still really wasn't spiking. That was weird to me. Um, Leaky Black was getting more run um, than Nick Smith at, for a period there. My worry, Doc, as strange as this sounds, is Cody Martin. Um, he's paid. He's a vet. Steve Clifford is you know, an older coach, and they love vets. And they're usually not real hip on young dudes playing over vets. But to me, like, Trey Mann has to start. If Trey Mann does not start, if Cody Martin is starting over Trey Mann, I'm going to freak the fuck out and lose it, okay? Like, stop it. You did not make this trade to get Trey Mann to play Cody freaking Martin over him. So that's where I'm at with it, Doc. Like, I'm a little concerned because of Steve Clifford, and we don't run these rotations. These coaches do, and a lot of times they're more vetish then they're youngish, but to me, it should be Trey Mann season in Charlotte right now. Charlotte is, has won 13 games, 13 and 41. I mean, I don't know why we're real. I don't really know why we're bringing LaMelo ball back. I don't really know why they would ever bring uh, the center back. That's been out forever. I don't even, he, he's not even on the depth chart anymore. <laughs> Uh, Mark Williams. I don't. I don't understand why we're talking about bringing him back. Uh, Miles Bridges is healthy. He's he's trying to. Doc, you know. I gotta take you deep, man. I gotta take you deep. Doc, it's February twenty second. We've got almost two months left in the regular season. I mean, wh what do you mean they shouldn't even bring these guys back? These guys are paid to play basketball, man. Seven weeks, dude. Seven weeks. That's all we got. Like. It'll be gone. Like, this season will be the – it's oh, – like, the 30-deep the playoffs, we have this week, next week, and next week, and that's it. That season's done. Uh, so like, this week and then two more but, weeks? No, we have, this, we have this week and next week, and that is it. 
And then the playoffs. Yes. Wow. Like, my my team is I'm eighth in the power ratings on 30 deep. I just don't like my team, Doc. I've been telling you this all year. I missed out on Holmgren by one pick. I took Josh Green over Tim Hardaway Jr. I've been beating myself up over that all year long. I just hate my team, Doc, but I'm still eighth in the power rating, man. But I don't feel like I'm winning it this year. I don't feel like I'm in it to win it, man. If I win it, I if I I got lucky as hell if I win the chip this year, Doc. I'm gonna say it right now. This is All not right. a championship 30 deep team to me. All right. Well, back to Trey Man for just a second. I, I like the fact um that the Cody Martin is in his way. Because I, I think even if LaMelo comes back, Trey Man's still gonna get enough run to be fantasy relevant. Uh but I do like him a lot more if LaMelo is still chilling. With his ankle. What, what, but what if Trey Man starts with LaMelo and Cody Martin is where he should be coming off the bench? Like, are you, do you, I mean, I, I still think Trey Man can get goodies and flirt with triple doubles even with LaMelo ball. I agree. Yeah. I'm just worried about what's going to happen there. I, like you said, I, we don't know who, who, who they're going to start. Uh, I hope it's Trey Man. But the other guys on this list, Keontae George, he had a 33 point game right before the break. Uh, they've said he's locked and loaded the rest of the season in Utah. You got Vince Williams still balling in Memphis with Gigi. Uh, when the Jaron Jackson happens, Vince is going to hopefully continue to go off. You got the Thompson twins. You're an Osir guy more than an Amen guy. I'm not both true. Of them. Not I true. want. I want both of them. Not true. On not. my roster. Overall, I'm more of an Amen guy than an Osir guy. Like in the pre-draft process, scouting these guys out, and I love them both, but I was more of an on-man guy. So if I've said I'm more of an off-star guy, maybe it's just for the fantasy of it all. Um, but Doc, just, I, I think have... his role on Houston, you're you're more worried about his role exactly. with Houston than you are with Osir in Detroit. And that is no longer the case, Doc. Okay, uh, so let, let's stop right here and talk about Osir for a minute. Um, I'm worried about Isaiah Stewart, aka Beef Stew, aka I'm going to light your ass up if you talk trash to me. Uh, right, he punched Drew Eubanks. Sham Sharania said yesterday that the video, the people that have seen the video said that he did punch um, Drew Eubanks. So I do think a suspension is coming down for Beef Stew. But think about this, Doc. He is healthy now. He's back practicing. He's going to be ready to play. And he might play tonight. But I think the league is going to suspend him uh, before they play this game. We shall see. But um, Isaiah Stewart, over the last three years, had in all of the games that he has played, has come off the bench four times. He just got paid four years and $60 million. He has been their starting power forward with Jalen Duran. And then Bojan was their three. <clears throat> so now they have your boy, Simone Fontecchio, as their new Bojan, right? So I'm worried that Osar now is going to have to kick back to the bench. When Isaiah Stewart gets back in that starting lineup, which I believe he will go back to that four spot, Doc, Fontecchio is their new toy. He's the new Bojan. And then you've got Osar, I think, in a bench roll. So I'm back to being worried about Osar. I know. I, I feel like um feel like Monty is gonna be like, all right, we've won what 10 games this year. It's it's time to finally throw in the towel. Maybe we're not gonna make the playoffs this year. I've got this Thompson twin just sitting over here waiting to go like a like a caged tiger. I'm gonna let him, I'm gonna let him go. I, I feel like it's going to be all Sarah's season here real, real quick. Um, I'm not worried about it. I've got both of the Thompson twins on my rock and roll league roster. And 
neither one they don't play tonight but i can't wait till they do play again uh i think they're gonna be i think they're fine i think both of them are fine i think they should be they should be rostered everywhere um and Fontecchio is the guy we don't have on this list also um so the last the last guys you know jordan goodwin playing point guard for memphis occasionally is another guy who's kind of worth looking at if you're in a deep league and uh then i think Rui and trey lyles and Fontecchio are also uh, radar guys. Like it, it, I'm amazed there's this many guys out there this late that are this good that you can still maybe go out and pick up on your in your league. I think a lot of people are uh, either All Star Weekend fatigued and just sort of their team is out of sight, out of mind, or maybe we're two thirds of the way through and a lot of teams are like they've lost interest. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand the losing interest in a hobby thing. It's your hobby. See it through. Uh, but it happens. It's human nature. Um, here's my thing on Jordan Goodwin. I see these numbers here, Doc. Uh, ten and a half points, five rebounds, three assists, one and a half steals, one three in two games in Memphis. Decent stat line. Got our attention. We're looking at you. But I have uh, been on the Taylor Jenkins. I don't know who the F my point guard is night to night yo-yo in the Cam Dynasty. I've gone with Gilliard and been iced out. I've gone with Scottie Pippen Jr. and been iced out and literally gotten bagels. Don't worry. I won these games anyway. Uh, but I like perfection. I don't like holes in my lineup, even if I'm slaughtering a team seven to one. It's not how we roll over here. So Taylor Jenkins has pump faked me so many times this year, Doc, that I am out on that point guard position. Because I, I think it's just an experimental position. I think Jenkins is like, all right, let's see this guy tonight with this lineup. And let's see this guy tonight with this group. And, okay, this guy's hurt. Let's go with this guy. I just feel like it's a yo-yo, dude, that I'm not willing to play with anymore. I like that. Because Gilliard's going to be in and out of the, in and out of the G League. I I don't even know about Goodwin. Is Goodwin a, a, is he a two-way player? I, I don't even know. Uh, I think he's a standard contract guy. Okay. Uh, right now, it's Goodwin is it's Goodwin season, but like you said, that's been two games, and tomorrow that could that could all change. You could go back to Scotty Pippen, who, by the way, why is Scotty Senior's name spelled S C O T T I E, and Scotty Junior's name is spelled with a Y? Can you? Can you help me with that? I, yeah, I'm I'm worried about the unsolved mystery of why the league hasn't suspended Isaiah Stewart yet. That's where my brain is. Like, how has the suspension not come down for this man? He lit up Drew Eubanks. The video proves it. Why is the league not suspended this? Guy? Have you have you seen the video? No, shut up. Where's the video? I haven't I haven't seen it either. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, this is like this is top secret ish man like tmz usually breaks somebody off right to get the video of john moran in the strip club with the gun <laughs> to get the video of uh, draymond green punching jordan bull right like where is tmz to break somebody off and get us the video man you know people make fun of tmz a lot but they're usually first and they're usually never wrong oh tmz's on it dude tmz's totally on it there, like there's people, no doubt people disrespect TMZ all the time. I'm always like, yeah, but they're always right. And they're always, they're always first. Uh, and by the way, my, my wife has that show on from time to time, like the voiceover guy with the funny voice. And he says all the jokes after they tell like the story of these dumb Hollywood stars doing dumb Hollywood star things. And the guy comes in like slapsticky with some, I, I think, I think it's a well done, like that part of the show. I like when, when that big voice guy comes in and like mocks, uh, ben Affleck or what? what's your name? Kuchar, Kuchar, whatever the F his name is, the dude from that 70s show. 
Um, I, I have poor Hollywood doc, by the way. I, I think that I think th I think that dude uh, has been doing that voiceover thing for that show for a very long time. And That's I remember funny. when he when it first came on came on the air, my wife was all about it back then, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I think they conceal this guy's identity so nobody comes after him." And so he's like free to just like bust on whoever he wants yes. to. And I don't even know if people know who he is. I, I could be totally wrong about that. I, I think Casey's onto something, man. It's Hollywood, okay? The Illuminati, hello. Uh, so if I were that dude, I would not want my face or name uh, to be recognized at all. I'll just, I'll just sit in my man cave, looking out at the ocean somewhere in Malibu, and doing my little voiceover thing, man. I, I'd be. I think that's why we don't know who that guy is. I really do. Uh, another player who's been playing really well, who's probably available in more leagues than he should be, is Mike Conley. Just signed an extension. He's like 47 years old, uh, <laughs> playing for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Conley's been good, man. Conley, Conley is getting better with age. And is it true, Rick, that he's never had a technical foul in his entire career? I don't know that, but I seem to recall hearing that at some point. That doesn't surprise me. He is as mild man. He's a four. I'm on his uh, bio here. He's a four-time sportsmanship award winner. Okay, so yeah, that's probably um, the case. He's the anti-Draymond. Um, here's the stat that I want to look up on Conley so I could could get it right for you guys. Forty-four percent from three-point range this year, and. Uh, you know, he's at uh, 10 points, six assists, one steal, 2.33s. He's still a valuable fantasy player. Like, I'm putting that in my lineup. I mean, the six dimes is good. We're at a steal. We're at two plus threes. The percentages are fantastic. Um, and so, and, and Doc, you know this, too. As we go to reality here for a minute, he is the perfect fit for that team. He takes eight shots a game, okay? And, and he takes... Doc, I will say this right now, and I don't have a stat to prove this. This is just me watching a million hours of basketball. He takes the most buck-naked three balls of anybody in the league. With the gravity of Cat, the gravity of Ant-Man, Jaden McDaniels doing his thing, the lob threat to Rudy, and then they're like, damn it, we forgot Conley. And he gets that ball, and he's like, checks the wind, you know, winks at a hottie in the crowd and then fires that lefty three ball good, right? He takes the most buck naked threes in this game, dude. Well, he's just such a calm old guy to be running that offense with Ant. You know, Ant's like, give me the ball and let me work. Maybe I'll even shoot it with my right hand this time. Uh, that, by the way, <laughs> that Ant left hand shooting thing over the weekend was was not not good. You probably didn't didn't even watch it. No, I I, I watched it and the I was skills challenge. He's throwing I, it off the back side of the backboard and so two two things. I love Ant Man, but he made a mockery of that event and the All Star Game. So I, I was Ant Man and Lucas should just be told to stay home because they're poisoning All Star Weekend with their aloof, arrogant, I don't give a ish behavior. They really are. Uh, I, but I, if I were Adam Silver, I'd be just go to Bora Bora. Okay. We'll, we'll put somebody else in these events, but doc, they have to take the skills challenge and throw it in the trash. That event sucked. The guys never understand how to do the damn slalom thing with the dribbling drill, right? They're always <laughs> running and some official comes out. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's such a bad look. This is all star Saturday night. These are the best players in the world and they look clueless out there. And then you've got that stupid passing thing where they pass the ball into the little hole. 
Oh my God, is that stupid? And then they do this lame shooting drill where you've got three guys passing out to each other. It's like a dad and a daughter in the fucking driveway. I don't want to see a dad and a daughter in the driveway. I want to see cool basketball. Dude, they have to destroy the skills challenge and replace it with a one-on-one tournament. Or like we were talking about the other day uh, with Brian, um, somebody mentioned just doing away with All-Star Weekend altogether and having moving the, the in-season tournament to this time of the year and have it be like three weeks long and then have that event cascade in like Las Vegas for the finals and then have the dunk contest and the three-point contest around that in-season tournament finals weekend, which very interesting concept because I don't know, man. Is the All-Star game so broken that it's irretrievable at this point? Like, Yes. Yes. Here's my idea, Doc. Uh, I've been saying this all week. You take I like the format of the Rising Stars Challenge because it creates a keeping the floor mentality with these guys. Uh, they pick up full court. They double, they blitz, they foul. They try to step in and block shots because when the target scores 40 and your opponent has 35, it's go time, okay? It's like if you're playing to 12 and the opponent has 10, it's go time. You got to really dig in and play defense. And I see that even with these first and second year players on All-Star Friday night. So, I mean, it all comes down to do these are these entitled max player NBA all-stars just so over it and so cool that they won't compete no matter what you do. Okay. That's a possibility, but I see these young fellas literally playing some defense in the rising stars challenge. Our boy Pajemski was diving on the floor for a loose ball for the love of God. Okay. So I'm doing that on all-star Sunday night, doc. I'm going uh, two semifinal games with a 50 target score and a 50 target score. And then I'm going a final game with a 50 target score, 24 all-stars. So you chop it up four teams, six players, a team. And then you have four dudes draft these teams. So we get back to having a TV show, which was really dope uh, with that all-star draft. And I missed that this year. So that that's Cam's fix for the all-star game. All right. Um, do you want to hit the rest of these topics or you want to answer questions? We got seven minutes. Just give me five seconds. Are you buying what I'm selling there or not? I am. I like it. Okay. Because, yes, it's broken. It's like the Pro Bowl. We have to shred this this All-Star game. <laughs> the Pro Bowl. It is it is like the Pro Bowl. And I don't even watch what, whatever the hell they do in the NFL right now. It's completely off my radar. Um, One, one of the interesting things I saw you um ha- put in here, Doc, was about uh, the Wizards, okay, and the possible shutdowns. And you mentioned, are you keeping an eye on Corey Kispert? The answer is yes. And here's the deal with Kispert. When uh, Kyle Kuzma is out, boom, greenlit. When Kyle Kuzma is in there, um, not so much, because then you got Denny, and you've got Poole, and you've got Tyus, and then Kispert, because Kispert and and, and Koulibaly, like, toggle for who the sixth man is and the seventh man is. It's kind of like the Norman Powell-Russell Westbrook dynamic in L.A., some nights Powell has 20 and Russ has eight. Some nights Russ flirts with a triple-double and Powell has 10, right? And then with Koulibaly, sometimes he takes off and Kispert is small. Sometimes Kispert hits a heater and then Koulibaly is small. So to me, it all hinges on Denny and Kuzma with Kispert. And if either of those guys get hurt and or shut down, then it is Corey Kispert's season because this dude, Doc, has the potential to score 17, 18, 19 a game and hit like three or four three balls per game. And even if he's not giving you defensive goodies – and rebounds and assists, like we roster Tim Hardaway Jr., right? That's what he's doing, 17, 18 points, three plus threes. That's what Kispert would be doing. Yeah, I kind of think Kispert's going to break loose one of these games in the in the final five or six weeks 
where he blows up for like 40 points. But I don't know. I don't know how, how reliable he's going to be. Um, and then Kulabale is a steals and blocks machine. If he gets minutes and gets roll and, you know, the wizards are interested, the wizards and the blazers both. I mean, if they decide to shut people down and just let the kids play, which probably going to happen for both of them. Uh, it's going to be interesting. There could be some very valuable uh, no-name pickups coming out of both places. I don't I don't think teams should be doing this this year, by the way. I'm going to destroy them on NBA radio and probably here as well. If uh, it's By the way, it's the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, Rick Kamla and Hall of Famer Steve Alexander. Um, Doc, if uh, it – okay, Doc, who are people tanking for this year? You tell me. I have no idea. Okay, that's why. Why shut down your players and ruin basketball games and diminish the NBA product to tank and acquire ping pong balls for, I don't know who the guy is. I just want the top <laughs> pick in the right? No, there, there is no Wemby. Um, and so next year will be the Cooper flag uh, freshman year at Duke, right? And everybody loves Cooper flag. He uh, could come out like a Chet Holmgren type and be that, um, that it dude and be a, a top pick. So if teams want to tank next year for Cooper flag, I get it. But if you're tanking this year for uh, what's Zach his Eadie. name, uh, Tubelis or this Alex Sar guy, I mean these people. I mean they may be really good, but um, there's not buzz about them, Doc. There's not hype about them. And at this point, if there's buzz or hype about a dude, there's buzz or hype about a dude. You know what I'm saying? Um, because scouts have been to Europe and they've been to Germany <clears throat> and they've been to Spain and all this kind of stuff. And then they come back and they talk to reporters and reporters talk about it. Oh, there's buzz. There's hype. There is no buzz. There is no hype about this class. You're right about that. I mean, we had all heard of Wemby by now. We had all heard of Chet by now. Like, there is not a lot of hype, but I still think DeAndre Ayton, Lonzo Ball, uh, right? Like, just guys like that, like these it dudes. Like, there's been all this buzz of Trey Young, right? It was the whole season of Trey Young in college basketball. There's no buzz. There's no hype about any of these guys. Yeah, but I don't know that that means that it's so. Oh, I still think you want a lottery pick. You don't. You don't want to be the Atlanta Hawks and finish, you know, tenth every year and then get a crappy draft pick every year. Or if you do get a draft pick, you screw it up and take Marvin Williams uh, instead of whoever. Well, hold on, but you, but your boy Travis Schlenk nailed a bunch of those picks. John Collins, Kevin Herter, Jalen Johnson. He was told I mean, by ownership to trade Trey for Luca, or pardon me, Luca for Trey. I thought Travis Schlenk was a beast in that Hawks front office, man. No, he, he was. He was. Uh, I'm talking about more like back in the day. But you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just don't. It's hard to build. I mean, here the Hawks your boy are. Marvin, your boy Marvin Williams, man. So unathletic. So unathletic. It looked like he was hurt when he walked, didn't it? So the way he walked, it was like, are you hurt? Are you limping? What's going on here? Yeah, he did have that weird, <laughs> yeah. he had that weird gait. But anyway, you just can't you can't draft in the middle of the draft every single year and build a team. You want you want the the good picks. And I even this year, even though there's no hype, there will be by the time it gets here. And and you know, we've seen how many rookies made an impact this year. Um it's a ton. I mean, it's like all every lottery pick has made an impact this year. And I think every lottery pick next year will make an impact. So you, you still gotta you still gotta get the you still gotta get the picks. Uh and they need to be good picks. And that's why Pop and the Spurs are down there bottom feeding, waiting to see 
what their people say when they get back from Europe because nobody's better at finding these sleeper stud basketball players than the Spurs have been over the last 30 years. And they're probably going to keep doing it. So let's uh, let's set up some of these comments, dude. Uh, yeah, I like this one right here because it allows me to talk about my, my favorite thing, the schedule. So this week, um, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Miami Heat only play one time. So Gigi Jackson only has one game this week. Charlotte has three games. So if you drop Gigi and pick up Trey Mann, you gain two games. You get three games instead of one. That's kind of a big deal. I'm saying, yes, you do this move. I mean, yeah, I, I'm going to go with the flow of this. I, I definitely do not like the idea of dropping Gigi Jackson, but if your roster is that deep and you got to have a win this week, I, this is a little counterintuitive to me because if your roster is that good that you're in a position to drop Gigi Jackson, then why do you need a win this week? Like, to me, you should have some optionality and some wiggle room maybe to take an L. Not that we want to take L's around here, but uh, but yeah, do what you got to do, man. If you have to win this week, and I mean, look, Trey Man is still on waivers. Isn't that an indicator of the waiver wire in this league, right, Doc? At this point, if Trey Man is still on waivers, there's probably some other really good talent on waivers as well. So yeah, go ahead and make that move. Well, and that's the thing about Gigi. He's 15.7% rostered in ESPN. So, I mean, to... You drop him, you get your two games, and and maybe you can even go pick him back up. But if you can't pick him up, I guarantee you, one of those other dudes we talked about is sitting out there, whether it be Fontecchio, whether it be Keontae George, somebody. Pojemski um, may be out there for our guy. Poge could be sitting there. Uh, but the, the, the two one-game weeks this week are Memphis and Miami. So Jimmy Butler may be a goose egg for the week, right? Is he going to play? Do we know? I've lost track. I, I, I've lost. You've track. given up. I, I don't care. You don't care. Well, he doesn't bang threes. So while he's he's banging threes a little bit this year, but not. I don't know. I'm just. I'm kind of over the Jimmy Butler thing right now. You know, go go on a streak of five straight games with thirty and get my damn attention. Okay, I mean he's capable of that, dude. I don't understand why Jimmy Butler doesn't go Hulk Smash mode more. Like if you were a, a hot shot player like that and you could just go Hulk smash and literally push a button and like beast mode everybody, why wouldn't you do that? Why does he cruise control through games, Doc, just as a mortal NBA player? As opposed, remember against Giannis and the Bucks in the playoffs last year? Like, why was that just a one-off? Like, what was up with that? Like, why don't we get more of that from Jimmy? That that's kind of why I'm out on Jimmy. Like, I don't like the turn it on, turn it off thing, man. And even playoff Jimmy isn't that fun sometimes these days. I I don't know, man. It was it was last year? I mean, that was a hell of a run last year. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we were we were talking about Jimmy's uh emo hair on Tuesday show. It was pretty fun. Uh let's see here. Christian wants to know. I was offered Anthony Davis for DeJounte Murray and Nikola Vucevic. 12 teams. I lost Embiid. Would I be giving up too much if I accept this trade? So he gets AD, gives up DeJounte and Vooch. I mean, I you're getting the best player in the deal, Christian, so that's good. Um, what I'm wondering is, who are you backfilling that second spot with? So it's Anthony Davis and who, maybe it's somebody you're picking up off the waiver wire. Uh, maybe it's somebody you could get back in this trade, you know, the the, the dude that this other uh, manager is going to drop. Um 
I'm not a huge Vucevic guy, but dang it, I'm a huge DeJounte Murray guy. Doc, I don't I feel like I feel like he's given up a little bit too much here. I mean, I get it, you know, backfilling the big man. You need blocks and stuff with with him beat out. And Davis is a phenomenal fantasy player. I don't, it comes down to who that's who the second part could be to fill in. And I don't know, man. I think you also need to see the rest of the roster to make a, a totally intelligent decision about this. Um, and then also, the like you thing, said, Doc, is you have Levine out for Chicago, which makes Vooch the second option. Like, I don't know. I'm not crazy about this. I think I'm trying to steal Anthony Davis. I'm not trying to like like overpay for Anthony Davis. You know what I'm saying? I feel like this is this is too much of an overpayment here. I, I believe I. I got to get another player back that I maybe a Trey Mann, maybe it's a Pajemski. I don't know. Maybe it's just a somebody that I've got a little itch and a little tickle about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but let's say let's say Pajemski's. Uh, no, he's probably not available. It's a 12 team league, but you know, one of these guys we've talked about will be available. It could be Keontae George. It could be Gigi Jackson. It could be Vince. Um, well, you know, like you said, like I'm going big for big with Vooch and AD. So I need a small to replace DeJounte. So if Trey Mann is out there, I feel better about this. If Pajemski's out there, I feel better about this. Uh, who else might be, uh, Doc? Well, bah, 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 bah. Trying to think of some guards that may be, uh, I don't know, maybe a Nebhard. I don't Scoot, know. Scoot that, Anderson, maybe? That Nebhard's maybe going about 10 points, five assists. Uh, I don't know. Like, What's up with Nebhard playing 30 minutes and the stat line pretty much sucks, right, Doc? What's up with that? Like, he's getting minutes. Like, he should be at, I don't know, 13 points, six assists, 1.2 steals, 1.8 threes. Like, why are we getting a better stat line from Nebhard? He's just out there getting exercised, dude. I don't have an answer for that. I don't know. I, I can't figure it out. Um, Jay Sizzle dropped Clay Thompson to pick up Trey Mann. I like that. Uh, here we go. Rick. I would do. I would do that. Hey, Doc Clay is a two-category guy. Points and in, in threes. Yeah, that's it. And he, right now he's sort of a one-category guy because yeah. uh, James Chan wants to know Cam Whitmore is he worth to pick more? <laughs> uh, is Cam Whitmore going to come back and do what he was doing a month ago, three weeks ago? Or is it? Are we locked into a, a man? A man at this time? Uh let me let me look at uh, let me look at the back of Whitmore's uh, game log here for just a minute and refresh yeah. my memory. You know, um, look at the back of his card. Yeah, it's it's pretty good actually. Uh, Seventeen points in eighteen minutes. Nine points in twenty-one minutes. Fourteen points in nineteen minutes. Twenty-five points in twenty-one minutes. Seventeen points in twenty minutes. Um, okay, so he's playing around 20 minutes a game and basically giving you like 15 points um, and giving you uh, at least two threes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still, uh, I'm still there with Cam Whitmore. I am, Doc. Uh, if you've got him, keep him. If he's on waivers and you need like points and threes, some combo with that. Um, and he's, uh, he's an exciting young player. I'm, I, I don't think Cam Whitmore is, is out of value here. I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would rather have one of the guys we talked about earlier personally but uh we'll see i mean cam whitmore was playing very well i had him on a lot of rosters um will this is mr a will mitch robinson and joel Embiid come back this regular season i don't know sounds like mitch rob is, is getting close mm, 
I, I think I saw resumed on-court activities. I think I saw that. Uh, so that that's probably another month out, knowing uh, medical staffs and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I Based on that, though, I would feel a little better about Mitchell Robinson coming back than Embiid. Embiid got cut, man. He got a meniscus surgery, and it's Joel Embiid, and he's very injury-prone, and he's the face of the franchise, uh, one of the most valuable commodities in all of sports. I don't know, man. I, I just don't know about Embiid. Doc, I mean, we all want him to come back. I, I don't know. Um, I think Philadelphia is going to slide back into the play-in tournament here, Doc. Uh, they're, uh, they have, a, uh, I think, two-and-a-half game lead over Orlando and Miami um, You know, to stay in the top six, and I don't think they're going to stay in the top six. So if they keep drifting, then what kind of – you know, how will that change the motivation and, and sort of hurrying to get him back? I don't know. Uh, that, that's a tough one to answer right now, uh, Mr. A. Um, I think, I, I think I don't Joel know. Embiid's done. I, I, I think we've – I think we've seen the end of Joel Embiid, at least for fantasy relevance, right? Now, NBA playoffs, totally different, totally different thing. But I I don't think, I don't think he's coming back uh, to help your fantasy team this year. I could be wrong. I've got him stashed on an IR. That's where he's going to stay. Uh, last one, Daniel Gonzalez. He got offered Jalen Johnson for Buddy Heald. I like the rebounds and steals. Who would be better rest of the season? Like that's a that's a run don't walk, isn't it, Rick? I don't know. Have you seen Buddy's numbers in Philadelphia? Dude, he's balling out. You're right. They are <laughs> phenomenal. They're all-star numbers. Let me give you Buddy Heels numbers in. I mean, they're literally all-star numbers. Uh, and it's a very small sample. I think it's three games. Uh, I think I believe they're two and one in those three games. Let me give you his. Uh, Three-game sample size here with Philadelphia. Uh, he is at 22 points, four rebounds, seven and a half assists, 1.8 steals, 4.5 threes, which is Steph-esque. He's shooting 52 from the field, 45 from three, playing 39 minutes a game. I mean, it's like Daryl Morey. It's like he's lo- it's his long-lost son, and he's just throwing, I mean, 39 minutes here. Oh God, this one's so hard, Doc. This one's so hard. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say take Jalen Johnson, Doc, because I mean it's close. I want to give this man an answer, and I'd rather have Jalen Johnson the rest of the way because Doc, we have a couple of things here. We do have the possibility of Embiid coming back. We also have uh DeAnthony Melton is gonna be back, I believe, tonight. Uh Nick Batum is going to be back, I believe, tonight. And uh, and and so th- those two guys are going to play. They're their main rotation guys. Um, I believe Buddy Heald will still start, but with Melton back, that'll cut into him a little bit. And then let's face it, Doc, you have a heater here, born of the honeymoon period of just being traded to a contender and just getting out of jail in Indiana, and and now you're in the starting five and playing 39 minutes. This was not happening for Buddy in Indiana. So it's all new and uh, he's unleashed and all this kind of stuff. But at some point, this kind of dies out and the law of averages kick in, right? And Buddy, I don't think he's going to shoot 45% from three the rest of the way. So I, I go Jalen Johnson. All right, last one I lied. Uh, Michael Chang, who are we dropping out of these players? Bagley, Reed, or Osir Thompson, 10-team league. Uh, he's got to get DiVincenzo off the IL. So Marvin Bagley, Paul Reed, Osir Thompson, who are you dropping Probably Bagley. Uh, and I, I've seen the recent lot. He's so injury prone, Doc. Just when you think Bagley is like in a role and he's got minutes and he's cooking a little bit and pop, something goes, man. 
I just don't trust that dude. I just don't trust Marvin Bagley. And Marvin okay. Bagley is not helping you in threes. He's not helping you in defense as well. So I say free drop throws, Free throws are terrible. He's not going to block shots. He's going to get rebounds and points. That's it. That's it. Yeah, so I'm with you on that. All right, we are out of here. We are out of time. Uh, I'm having, a, having a mystery guest coming on Tuesday. It's actually someone I've never met, um, but it's supposedly a baller. Um, and then you and I will be back here next Thursday on the Road to Wire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Rick, uh, welcome back from the All-Star break. We got basketball tonight, baby. Let's go. Uh, everybody, thanks for watching, and we will see you all in a week. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.